All right, what's up, guys? What's up, my dude? Thanks for saying what's up. Man, if you guys don't know my name, my name is Obed Borrero. You can bring me down a little bit. My name is Obed Borrero. I'm excited to be here with you guys. And some of you guys are probably wondering, like, man, J. Tom looks a lot smaller. <laughs> and he shaved his beard. J. Tom is sadly not with us. Um, he had to deal with uh, a family emergency. Um, but everything's great now. Um, and it's good. And if um, So he's great, but he's having to uh, go be with his family. Um, if you're wondering anything more about that, please feel free to like reach out to him. Um, I'm sure he'll be glad to let you know. But that's why he's not here. That's why I'm here. But we're excited. We're actually in a series. And the series does not have a title, but we are talking about a specific set of ideas. And we're basically talking about what Mid-Cities Young Adults is all about. And what Mid-Cities Young Adults is all about. And we're drawing inspiration from the early church. So we're in Acts 2, 42 through 47. If you have your Bibles, phone Bibles, pull those out. It'll be on the screen if not. Um, but we're going to be diving into that. And today, last week we talked about prayer. So we're here. Next week we're going to be talking, not last week, last time. Next time, because it's in two weeks. We're going to be talking about breaking bread and about communion. And it's going to be incredible. Jason will be back with us. Today we are going to be talking about fellowship. We're going to be talking about the fullness of fellowship. So that's what we're talking about today is the fullness of fellowship. And I'm excited for it because I really believe that God has something that he wants to speak to each and every one of you today. So let's pray and let's invite the Holy Spirit in to speak to us. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace and your mercy. And God, we just thank you that you're here, that you're present. We thank you that you've brought us here together, Lord, with a purpose uh, to speak to us and to, and to show us your love and your grace and your mercy today. And Lord, we just have an, an open heart, Lord, just to receive whatever it is that you want to say to us. Lord, and I thank you so much for your sacrifice. And Lord, we just thank you so much for who you are. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to have your way for the next 35 minutes, God, in our lives. And we pray this in your name. And everybody said, amen. All right, so this is going to be a little interactive, so I welcome responses, verbal responses from the uh, audience. So I have a question, and most of you guys will kind of get this pretty quickly, but my question is, what, in your opinion, would be the most common characteristic of a toddler? The most common characteristic of a toddler? Annoying? That's, that's, that's a good one. Anyone else? Cute. What? Active. Active. That's a good one. Okay, anyone else? Anyone work with toddlers? Joy. There's some joyous toddlers. I have met very few, but I believe you. Bossy. That's, you have toddlers, so you know. They're bossy. Okay. Loud. Y'all are hitting a lot of great ones. Reckless. Okay, so they're reckless. Uh, so what I, the one I was thinking of, and once I say it, you'll be like, oh yeah, this is what they do. But the, one of the most common characteristic of toddlers is that they do not like to share. It's like, oh yeah, like babies don't share things. They're my toys, mine. That's like the first word they learned. And so it's one of the most common characteristic of toddlers. And it's with that in mind that you will understand the deep, deep existential crisis that I underwent the other day, as I too realized that I am not good at sharing. 
I'm just, I'm, I'm not. Amen. Thank you. I'm not good at sharing. So the other day, me and Camila, we were sitting at a table. I was reading a book, working on this book. I like the book. Camila was reading her Bible because she's better than me. And so she was reading her Bible and, and doing that. And she had, you know, her pens out. I had my pens out, like highlighter stuff. We were doing all those things. And then she transitions. And I don't really notice this at first, but then I noticed that she's transitioning from reading her Bible to doodling on this piece of paper. So I have these like really cool pen um, highlighters. They look like this. And I had them out, right? And I was, you know, using them to like highlight in my book. And what she does is without asking me, by the way, she she grabs one of these highlighters, this green one actually, I think specifically. And these are cool highlighters. They have like one end. Oh, you're a nerd. Yeah, I am. But like they have uh, this fine point tip so you can underline stuff. Super cool. Mardell's like five bucks. Um, and the other side, you can highlight stuff because the chisel tip grabs it. And you're like, oh, but she probably used it to, you know, underline her Bible. And no, she uses it to start doodling and drawing her name in huge letters with the chisel tip. So it's using the most amount of ink. And so she's drawing her name in huge letters. And my initial reaction was not cool. My initial reaction was, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Don't you have one of these? And like, and then I, I instantly remembered that I had given her her own set a while back, and so that she could use her own. And this was my set. So I was like, "Don't you have your own set that you could use?" And she was like, "It's not at the table. Can I, can I just use yours?" And I was like, "Yeah, but like, I got you your own set so that you didn't have to use mine." I know I'm horrible. Um, and then she was like, Obed, are you not wanting to share your highlighters with me? I was like, no. Look, yours are like right over there. So I don't know how that ended. I think that she, I ended up getting her highlighters or something. or I, No, I ended up just giving them to you because I thought, wow, I'm really not good at sharing. And I kind of had this deep existential crisis in a moment where I was like, wow, I have a lot in common with a toddler. And toddlers, I think, and you, you know, we get it. Like, my natural proclivity is to not share. Toddlers' natural proclivity is to not share. And a toddler it makes sense, right? Because if you take a toddler's toys, then they are going to be upset because they think that you're impeding them from living their best lives and enjoying their toys if you take their toys. So they're like, no, that's mine. Don't take my toys, right? And I think what happens is, and we started to realize is that I have a lot more in common with a toddler sometimes. I can be a horrible sharer, and I can do all these things. But I also started thinking, man, sometimes we, and our natural tendency, even sometimes as young adults and as adults, is to not share. Our natural tendency is to not share, especially when there's the idea or even the possibility that me sharing might come with the possibility of someone damaging the things that I am sharing with them and using up all my highlighters, and then that's not cool. And so I don't want that, right? Like, I'm out here trying to live my best life. I'm out here trying to live life to the fullest. And if someone takes my stuff and uses it all up, I'm not going to be able to do that. And we don't always think like that, but 
if we really start digging deep, we start realizing that there's instances where that's true in our lives. And it's also true that we all want to live life to the fullest. And we all want to make sure that we have everything we need to live life to the fullest. And we should be able to do that. We just should. We should be able to live life how God wants us to live our lives. We should be able to know our purpose and our identity in this life and live it out. We should be able to realize our dreams and our desires. And we should be able to do all those things. But if there's the possibility that something might impede us from that, then we start slowing down, right? But what I think is that we all want to live life to the fullest. And we understand that, but a lot of us probably also understand that this is a very, very difficult task. This is very difficult. And there's a lot of things in life that promise to help us with this task, that promise to help us to really live life to the fullest, to really live a life worth living. But we've all probably also realized that a lot of these things that make these promises don't end up working. Especially if those things involve other people. Those things involve other people. The percentage of that not working for to help me live my best life goes up exponentially. And the truth is, is that involving others in your journey to live life to the fullest is risky. Involving others in your journey to live life to the fullest is risky. And we understand that. We understand that we see what's happening in the world around us. We see what's happening in the news. We see, I mean, even just the local news and all the crazy things and the tragedies happening. We understand that there is way more that divides us than unites us in this life. But we still want to live life to the fullest. We still want to live life to the fullest. But involving others can get really, really risky. So if we're talking about this, right, if we're talking about involving others being super risky, then why are we even talking about fellowship? Like, what's the point about talking about community if there's so much risk involved with involving others in my life? What's the point of talking about all these things? And I think what we'll come to realize is that just maybe... Our, our typical reaction, which is our human response when, when we realize that it's risky involving other people in our lives, is like, okay, I'm going to cut some ties. I'm going to cut my losses. I'm going to have as much control over what I can control as possible. And I am going to try to do this thing and have control over these things that I, so I know that I know that I will be living life to the fullest and doing what I need to do to get the things that I want. And that's a great response. But it doesn't deal with this tension. And I think you guys are already feeling this tension. And there's this tension of it feels really good to be in control of the things that I want to be in control of so that I can live life how I want to live it and live it to the fullest. But it sure frustrates me every time that I experience failure, when the things that I try don't work out for me, when people let me down. There's this tension that's just unresolved. But I really believe that God does not want us to live in this tension forever. 
that God doesn't want, that never even intended us to live in this tension forever. And I really believe that God, that Jesus did not create us to do it on our own. That Jesus did not create us to do it on our own. That Jesus actually has a plan for our lives and it involves us experiencing community. It involves us experiencing this fullness of fellowship. And you're like, how? Let's look. Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So we hear this word fellowship, and I think all of us have a broad spectrum of ideas of what fellowship and community actually means. Some of us think family. Some of us think fun and friendship, uh, partnership, community. Some of us just think potluck lunches after church when we were growing up. And if that's your experience, then I'm sorry. I'm sure that's tough. But that's why we have these ideas of fellowship. And the Bible does like kind of start talking about these things. The Bible does expound on these ideas when it talks about fellowship. It talks about the family of God and us being like the household of God. And it talks about all these things and what a community that looks like heaven should look like. But instead of diving into all those things, I want to take a look at the word, at the word fellowship. And the word fellowship actually in the, the original Greek word is koinonia. And there's something about it that actually, I think, lets us know about the nature of fellowship. And so koinonia, and it should be on the screen, the Pillars Commentary, it says about koinonia that koinon words, words that start with like those letters, koinon, in Greek normally mean to share with someone in something or to give someone a share in something. And I think it's in that that we actually can find the key to understanding fellowship. But also what happens is when we see that and we see the words to give someone, we're like, well, wait a second. This is where, the, this is where the, the flip comes in and you tell me that I gotta do X, Y, and Z to experience community, right? And you start thinking that maybe there's gonna be something required of us to experience life to the fullest in a community. And that's when we start really weighing the risk and the reward and we start deciding, man, maybe... Like, okay, there's a little bit that I'll go, but if I go this much, that's, I stand to lose too much, so I'm not going to go that far. And we start weighing these things out. We start weighing the risk and the reward of it. And what we really think is that when we walk through those doors, that we have to actually leave our purpose. We have to leave our goals. We have to leave our dreams, our desires at the door and somehow come in as this person that's like, oh, I'm just here to kind of fit in or I'm just here to do this thing. And we leave all the, feel like we have to leave all those things at the door to be able to experience community. 
But what if, what if community and your life actually finds a healthy context in community? Like, what if community is actually the soil that you can plant your life in and see it grow into a life worth living? Somehow I didn't get that. I'm going to say it one more time. This side's going to get it. I know y'all got it. What if community, what if your purpose, your dreams, your desires, all the things that you want in life, and all the, the God-given things, that, the things that God's told you, revealed to you, the things that God hasn't yet, but you know that he has something for you, what if all those things actually find a place to grow in community? You know, a, a tree is an awesome thing. I have a couple of trees in my front lawn. They're cool. One of them's got flowers. One of them's dead as like a doornail, um, or at least it seems like that. Trees are super cool. But when was the last time that you drove five, six, seven, eight hours to go see a tree? Right? Like when was the last time you like planned your vacation around seeing one single tree? We don't. But if we get a bunch of trees together and we put them all in the same spot and maybe find a mountain or two and put them all on the mountain, then we got a forest. And the people will drive six, seven, eight, nine hours to go see a forest, right? I mean, if a forest is cool enough, we'll slap the National Park label on it and people go vacation there and people will go like take awesome Instagram photos there and do all sorts of things. Forests are cool. One of my favorite trees is the one they just put up. It's called the aspen tree. And the aspen tree is cool, and thanks to the National Forest Organization, I have these following facts because I'm not a scientist. Um, but aspen trees are actually the most widespread tree in North America. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, I've seen that in, like, on a picture somewhere. It's because they're the most popular. They're the most widespread tree in North America. Here's the cool thing about aspen trees is, like, a group of them, like five, six, seven, eight aspen trees, all together is actually called like a group, like a stand of aspen trees. And they're not different trees. They're actually one tree, one single organism in that sense. Because if you dig up the ground and you look underneath and you'll find that they're all part of the same like extensive root system. This is an incredible picture for us of what fellowship and community should be like. The other cool part, y'all may not know about aspen trees, is that aspen trees are like not, I'm, I'm a bosh this word, I read it, it's called the deciduous, deciduous, it's not, I was like, maybe it's insidious, that's a movie, it's wrong, <laughs> they're, they are not evergreen, right, they're, they're, but they grow, but they are evergreen, and they actually grow in every season, Every season of life, those things are growing. And it's because they're all planted in the same place together, and they're all connected underneath. Right? I mean, just think about it. So many of us in our lives, we go through moments in our life, and we just start thinking, man, it's been a tough time. I've been going through some stuff. It has not been fun recently. There are some things happening, some things that maybe are out of my control, and they are not 
cool and my life is hard right now. My life is difficult right now. And man, I just feel like God is far. I just feel like my relationship with the Lord is not where it used to be. Can you imagine that you're going through those things, but at the very end, you can still say that my relationship with God is great because I have some people around me. I'm a part of a community. I'm a part of something bigger than myself. I'm planted somewhere where I'm connected with other people. And no matter what's coming at me, I'm still growing. You just imagine. And I think what aspen trees are trying to tell us, I think what forests are trying to tell us, is that sharing your life, sharing your gifts, your dreams, your desires, as a part of something that's bigger than yourself, is actually way better than you keeping all your goodness and greatness to yourself. So you're like, wait, what are you saying? I'm saying that you can start experiencing this fullness of fellowship just by simply sharing. Just by simply sharing. You're like, oh, sharing might cost me something. Sharing, it might be dangerous. Sharing is risky. What if someone uses my whole highlighter and I don't get it back? But sharing colors everything about fellowship. If, if we reread Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So what is this telling us? Right? What are you to do now? I think all it takes is for you to start sharing something with someone today. Just start sharing something with someone today. You're like, oh, but what do I have to share, right? Like, what is it that I have to give? God's giving you a lot. God's giving you your life. You have a story. Share your story. Share your week. How's your high? What's been the high? What's been the low of your week? What's going on in your life right now? Share some encouragement. Share encouragement with other people. Share the gifts and the dreams and the desires that God's given you that you feel like he wants you to live out in your life. Share those. Share your life with other people. And my challenge is, my call is for you to share something with someone before you leave today. That's more than just, hey, what's up, hello. Share something with someone today. And I think that if we do that, I think we are going, I think we are going to start experiencing more fully that life worth living. I think we're going to experience life to the fullest. I think... 
I think just maybe your dreams and your desires will actually find a, a context and a place where they can start to grow right here. I think that you can find a place where you belong right here. I think you can find a home away from home right here. If we just simply start sharing. But if you don't start sharing, don't at least explore this idea of fellowship and community. I think you may live a life where you'll have moments, you'll have some highs, you'll have moments where you you can kind of see it, you can kind of experience shadows of this thing that the Bible's talking about and fellowship and community and all those amazing things that come with it. But I don't think you'll ever experience the fullness of it. And I think with appropriate boundaries, because you have to have appropriate boundaries, Sharing the fullness of our lives will actually help us experience the fullness of fellowship. And this is the thing that I want you guys to get, is that experiencing the fullness of fellowship will actually help you experience the fullness of God each and every day of your life. And I think all that helplessness, I think all the frustration will begin to dissipate and it will begin to go you won't be stuck in that place any longer. You'll start moving forward and you'll start becoming the person that God wants you to be in the context of being a part of something that's way bigger and way bigger than yourself. Being a part of God's family in this local church on a mission to be God's movement in the Permian Basin. And to see his kingdom come and see his will be done right here, right now. So share something with someone today. If you close your eyes and bow your heads, I just want to have kind of a quick moment before we're done. I want to pray for you. And I think, you know, some of us, maybe we've been trying to we understand some of the things. There's been some difficulties along the journey. And there just always, there always is difficulties. Community's hard. But I think for some of us, maybe we've come in here and we've really not are wondering, I know you talked about lots of different things, but I really don't know what it is that I have to share. I don't know what it is that I bring to the table. I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to share with someone. And I want to pray for you right now because I feel like God wants to speak to you wherever you're at on, on the spectrum, wherever you're at in life directly, and he wants to encourage you. Some of you are already hearing him right now. I want to pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much for each and every one of these young adults in this room. I thank you for the purpose in this room. I thank you for the love that you have lavished on each and every one of them. I thank you for the grace that is for them no matter what. I thank you for your mercy, Lord, and your peace and your loving kindness that follows them every day of their life. Jesus, I just pray that you would bring clarity and you would reveal, follow the truth of who they are. Lord, as your son and daughter, Lord, would you reveal to them that they have so much to give. And they don't need to give it all up, but they can share it. Lord, in this community, in this fellowship. So Lord, I pray that you would break down the, maybe the walls or the things or the things in the past that may be holding Father, us back 
from fully walking into this fullness of fellowship and in deeper levels, in deeper ways, experiencing the fullness of you and our relationship with you. God, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you for your work that you're doing in each and every one of these lives. Lord, and I am just encouraged, Father, that you, Father, are doing something that's greater than all of us, but you want to include all of us. You want to make sure that everybody's along for the ride. So, Lord, would you, Father, in a deeper way, connect us today. Connect us to you. Connect us to each other. And would we be a people who are known because we freely share what God's given us. And in appropriate boundaries and all that good stuff. And we know that we're not giving things up, that these are still the things that you placed in our lives, but that we are sharing them. And as we share them, Lord, we know you're going to grow us. You're going to grow each and every one of us, and you're going to grow us together. You're going to knit us together. And this place, Lord, Mid-Cities Young Adults, or the young adults of Mid-Cities, would be that home away from home. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of these mighty people. Would you bless them, Lord, in all that they do? And would you help us be more aware of your presence? I pray this all in your name. And everybody said, amen.